podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Massive three points for Celtic as goals from Rio Hatate and Georges Giacomakis are enough to get us over the line on a frantic night at Tynecastle. This is Tino, this is the final whistle show and tonight I'm joined by James. James, what's your immediate reaction to that one? Just as you say, a huge, huge three points. Some of you boys were talking last night about the three games coming up and obviously there's, there's two tough ones after that but this was the one we really needed to, even if you could count the five games as a run, you need to get off to a flyer but Hearts away is a tough fixture any time. But kicking off the run we've got, it was huge to get the three points and they did it. Yeah. Um, I'm not being arrogant in any way. I feel tonight was the toughest challenge out of the three games. We've got Dundee United at home now on Saturday. We've got Rangers next Wednesday. And I think that's the toughest fixture. I really do. So time will tell if I'm right with that one. But a huge three points and just so important to go over the line. So what we'll do, we'll take it right back to the start. We'll look at the starting lineup. Um do I Call it James, but uh, I predicted this uh, about three days ago. So you do what I call it. <laughs> so listen, it's, it was fairly predictable, but starting lineup, uh, we managed to, to nail that pre match. So Joe Hart in goals, Juranovic right back, Greg Taylor left back, Carter Vickers and Starfelt in the centre. Beaton came in, uh, captain of the club from centre midfield, with debutant Matt O'Reilly and Rio Hatati next to him. Up top, you had Forrest to the right, Jota to the left, and Georges Giacomakis through the middle. What did you think when you seen the lineup coming out? Like you said, there, there was options. I mean, you've got options of Scales, McCarthy, things like that. But besides that, I think it pretty much picked itself. Even though you're talking about guys like Matt O'Reilly coming in, having signed just a few days ago, I'd have been very surprised if he hadn't started because we'd lost that creativity with Rogic going away. So um, the only one I would have changed personally is just a personal preference of Scales for Taylor. I think that bore out through the game, but I don't think there's an awful lot in it between the two at the moment. So, yeah, it was it was a good strong lineup. Yeah, so you're saying it was pretty predictable and I shouldn't be getting any credit yeah, exactly. at all. Exactly. Just so we're clear. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was it was kind of, to an extent, the only lineup Ange could have gone with. He could have maybe changed Beaton for a McCarthy. I think McCarthy's right not, not ready. Taylor over skills, there's a wee debate. Forrest over a badder, but fairly predictable across the board. I was so, so pleased to see... Real Hattati start, which I thought was never in doubt. And O'Reilly was always going to be a kind of 50-50. Those two guys showed some real class in the first half. Listen, they burnt out like you might expect, but I think Celtic overall were exceptional first half, and those two guys plus Jota were all the reasons for that. Yeah, I mean, if you get everyone back fit and back from international, these things, the level of creativity and the options Andrew's going to have at his disposal are going to be really important coming into the the final few months of the season. They've, they've really added, those two guys have added a lot in Hattati and O'Reilly. Um, and I, I was excited to see O'Reilly because what I had seen of him and what I'd you know heard from him, it just seemed like it would, it would fit for Celtic and it looks like it has. Yeah, there was comments that he, to all intents and purposes, is almost a mirror image of Tom Rogic. You mm. know, he's got the same kind of language style, kind of lazy looking, but just that, that's just how he plays cultured left foot and always looking to go forward you know yeah. he's not looking to do anything negative and in the first half you know caught some of the you know the kind of post-match highlights between the the three of them as I mentioned him, Jota, Hatati, some of the interlink and some of the you know the interchange in play was just frightening and pacey 
Yeah, but it's the intelligent footballers, you know, the, the, the football intelligence, the, the level of football intelligence they have individually and collectively allows that kind of football to, to happen. Um, I think there's another side to uh, O'Reilly that he shares with Rogic in terms of he's not easily pushed off the ball. He's a strong physical guy as well, which is really important. Yeah. Um, want to spend a wee bit of time on Jota. Were you surprised at just how much he hit the ground running after being out for so long? No, I mean, a lot of that's reflex and reflex and instinct for guys like Jota. Um, fitness is, you know, one thing you do maybe want him to kind of just kind of bear in some minutes and get, get game time. But in terms of instinct, he was having all the flicks and tricks and moves and making the right runs and, you know, showing his upper body strength as well. So he's, he's not, you know, diminished in any way. Yeah, I seen Michael Smith, the Hearts fullback, just pulling a flanker and just kind of need an injury. They just <laughs> forget going up against Jota for ninety minutes or sixty minutes as it happened. Tag. Um, but I thought he looked extremely dangerous moving forward. He found space. He had several efforts himself. He, he laid on a few for teammates. He also there was one real notable time. I don't know half an hour or so in where he's tracked back almost his own left back uh, position. Yeah. Slide tackle, rolls the ball under his foot and, and you know finds his pass. I think he's a, a phenomenal footballer and it will be a masterstroke if Celtic can keep a hold of him and here's hoping we can. Yeah, I mean, if you get one season from him, you know, it'd be an important season to, to, to do well in, but I really hope they can do the business there. It's it's becoming so essential to Angie's future plans for Celtic. Yeah. I think Miff said to us uh, a while back on one of the shows, never make the mistake of falling in love with a lone player. Uh, I'm in deep, James. Yeah, so yeah. I'll need yeah. to see how I got on with yeah. that one. Um, let's get to the goal. So, Rio Hatati gets the opener, 27 minutes. A brilliant strike, uh, somewhere between 25 and 30 yards out. He's actually done all the pressing himself. Mm. I think he gave the ball away initially, so, you know, call it what it is. But he then hounds the Hearts midfielder. He doesn't quite win it back, but he forces a guy to give it away to Beaton, who was decent on the night. Beaton bounces it off very quickly to Hatati. He's striding forward. My gut instinct at the time is slot jot in in the left-hand channel. What do I know? Because he's absolutely <laughs> leathered it and it's flown into the net. Yeah, I didn't even see the, the, the Jota run. I, I thought it was laid up for a, for a crack. I, said, I was saying, go yourself. He's just absolutely leathered it. He's, it's got you know, movement on it as well. It's going to bend in and stuff. I think Gordon tries to be a bit of smart arse and go for a TV save. Didn't work out for him. Too bad. And it's just right in the back of the net. It's a peach. Yeah, it's a brilliant strike. There was a bit of commentary. I think Andy Walker saying uh, Craig Gordon uh, on top for him saves that. I just wonder if there's that much movement and that much pace on it. Do you know, when you see it slowed down and yeah, it kind of looks like it goes through Gordon's hands, that's fine and super slow-mo, but it's coming at him about 200 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just not sure if, if anyone can do that. It's coming through a few bodies. But I just think it's a brilliant strike and I think adding goals from midfield has got to be a huge plus for Celtic. Hatati's going to get goals and O'Reilly's going to do the same. Definitely. And we'd be missing that. You know, you know Turnbull's thrown a, a fair few goals. Yeah. As well, but that's kind of dropped off from his game to a degree. Um, so adding that, I mean, I, I just have to say they're, they're far more creative players than uh, than Turnbull. So they're more Ange players, I would say. Yeah, there's a real challenge for Turnbull and Rodgers to get back in when they do get back to to fitness. But I think, or from international as well for Rodgers. But I think that's a great challenge and a great problem for Ange to have because we'll get to it. But what we did see again tonight is when he looks down the bench in the last 20 minutes, half an hour, when he needs to call on guys, he didn't have that real quality. We ended up bringing on uh, Abada for Jota. We brought on McCarthy. We brought on Soro towards the end. 
I think he'd have loved to have looked down at his bench and seen a creative, whether it be Rodgers or Turnbull or, you know, certainly Callum McGregor will come back into the fold, Maeda, Kyogo. There's so much quality to come back for Celtic. And actually, it can't be dismissed how big it is to win there tonight with half a team missing. Yeah, I mean, in, in, a, in a perfect world, you've got Gucci holding the midfield there with maybe McGregor and Rogic in front of him. I forgot about wee Gucci. Aye, and then you look down your bench, you get Hatati and O'Reilly to come on. Yeah. So that's a totally different game for Celtic at full strength. Um, so I know it was a wee bit kind of threadbare and the options weren't there, um, but that'll come back. You know, we're, we're, we were just about getting to full strength and then Alba had other ideas, but that'll come back in time in the next you know, few weeks and months. Yeah, but I think huge credit overall for getting over the line tonight with so many players missing and it can't be underestimated how important that could be. Um, so the second goal, I've not had to wait too long. Um, it's Jack Amakis. A lot of talk about Jack Amakis, a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Is he good enough? Is he not? I thought he's stood up to be counted tonight, particularly in the last 10 minutes where he showed his strength and, and he gives you that out ball when mm. you really need it. Um, but his goal's a bit of class. So right. again, Hatati heavily involved. He finds O'Reilly on the right-hand side. He's played a very good ball, lone hard across the box. I don't know if he was offside. I hope he was miles off, just right. for fun. And Jack Marcus has shown a bit of class and a bit of savvy just to flick it in. It's a real quality goal. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the build-up play itself and, you know, O'Reilly's chance creation on the night was, was just ridiculous stats. But to, it's a ball we've not been seeing enough of and a run maybe, maybe not been seeing enough. A big, strong guy with a defender on his back. I think that game really suited Jack Marcus. He loves playing with a big physical guy beside him because he knows he can handle that. He can handle the physicality. I mean, he's someone like O'Reilly just slipping in perfect deliveries like that. I think actually Berry made a good point in the commentary that if he tries to take it with his right foot, Suter might get across it and he just lets it go through and, and slips it in. Yeah, it was a really clever goal. Yeah. And, and Shadu has confidence of all the good as well. Yeah, so obviously, two, two. two goals in two games. He looked really pleased with his night's work at the end and, and he was right to take the plaudits that, that he'll go on to get. Yeah. Um, so first half at half time, you've no complaints at all, have you? No, you've played all the football, you've had all the possession, had all the chances, you're absolutely coasting, but coasting isn't something that football teams should ever do. Yeah. Um, so the second half, Hearts have they've clearly had a rocket, you know, they've not offered much in the first half and they've come out and they've lifted their game. I think the game really has changed on the point where Jota goes off and it sounds, sounds obvious to say now, but... Jota goes off in 60 minutes. They've scored almost immediately. That can be coincidental. But, I mean, see if you're a if you're a Hearts team and you're huffing and puffing a bit and then the most dangerous player in the park, you know, his night's over. That naturally gives you a lift. I've got to be honest with you, I think it was the wrong call by Ange. Mm-hmm. I think when you look across the board, I understand he's been careful with players and you don't want to risk guys. That game's not done it 2-0, you know, and we nearly found out that out the hard way. For me, James Forrest was struggling far more and I think if, done, you're, yeah. if you're picking who, who to pull, I think Forrest comes off there. So, you know, what, what do you think the thinking was? Well, I think, furthermore, when uh, Forrest goes left to let Abada go right, and we weren't getting much from tail on left, so it actually killed the whole flank for Celtic, that, that move. You know, not, not just the substitution, but you've, you've killed your left flank because nothing was really going on there after that sub. For me, yeah, as well, I, I thought James should have gone off. He was just ready to go off. Um, I, I agree, it's the wrong call. And you would say got away with it getting away with it is the very phrase um, yeah not not the head's been down but Hart's certainly got a lift from it why wouldn't you as you say you know the the biggest threat against you is no longer there yeah Hart's got a lift from it but also if you're a Celtic player or a Celtic midfielder and you go 
One less out. We've lost that guy there yeah. who was giving us all the, the creativity. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt that Hatati tired. He had a very good game, but he tired as would expected. You would be expected. I think he's only played seventy minutes in a month. Is mm. what Andrew was saying. O'Reilly, he's just in the door. He definitely puffed out and eventually went off. Um, and I just wonder if if that was the wrong call. Ange may counter that by saying, you know, he needs to keep Rodgers for big games against Dundee United Jota. Rangers. Jota, sorry. Those games don't matter if you don't get the three points tonight. It's, yes, get the three points first and then see who you've got available. Yeah. So, as mentioned, Hearts have got that lift. So, in 62 minutes, Boyce has scored probably offside. Aye. So, I would say of the, of the two goals, VAR would probably let Giacomacus away with it. I think he's in line. Um, Boyce is clearly offside. But making manual offside calls is a physically impossible thing to do. I need to look at two things at the same time in different directions. It's physically impossible. Yeah. And whereas VAR, that just sorts all that out. Yeah, unless the linesman's got a couple of lazy eyes, he can't <laughs> possibly look at the pass from one side, you know, his left eye, and look at the pull on the right. I think both of the calls could have gone either way, truth be told. Jack Amakis could have been off or on, as could a boy. So we certainly need to accept Boyce's goal if we're accepting Jack Amakis's, yep. and that's fine. I do think, listen, plenty of talk about him at different times, Starfield wasn't too clever for the goal. Certainly in the build-up, he's, he's pushed a guy in the air, the ref's played on and he's just, you know, he's he's not at the races and, and they've slipped him in. It wasn't clever defending all, all round though, was it? That move or, or Starfield's night? That move. Yeah, I mean, there was no control. There was, it was kind of sloppy positioning, no real structure um, and no real awareness of where, where the ball and the, the opposition players were. So that, that'll be something I've no doubt that Angela picked out that needs to be worked on. Um, I thought, Carl Vickers had a, had a great game throughout, um, so I can't fault him too much for that, but Starfield just needs to sharpen up. I thought this was going to be a really strong game for Starfield. You know, he played really well, really well against Hearts uh, last time at Parkhead, and it just didn't quite click for him tonight. Yeah, Carl Vickers was certainly exceptional. Starfield, not not the worst game, but you know, a couple of shaky moments, no doubt. Yeah. Um, let's fast forward to the 73rd minute. Hearts won a penalty, and I think on paper when you see it, I think it is a penalty. When we win the league, James, are we going to look back on this missed penalty from Boyce as a pivotal moment in the race? Yeah, I mean, it certainly felt that way, you know, because I couldn't see us. We were under the cosh. We were camped in. We couldn't get out our own half. So if they had got that goal, we might be looking at escaping with a point there um, and potentially losing all three. So just a, a huge miss. From Boyce that, and it, you know, even when he missed it, I thought, oh, that's going to off. And yeah. it didn't. And it's so, so close. So, yeah, I think we'll all be looking back on this one come May. Yeah. You make your own luck in this game, they say, but it was Jeez, oh so close. And as you say, as it's coming away from hitting the post, it could have hit Joe Hart or anything. It was, it was so close. But listen, they're the breaks that you, you sometimes need and, you know, we've, we've got away with one there. Because I do think at that stage in the game, 73, 74 minutes, we might have struggled to get back in it. Two each. I wonder if that game plays out and, and we don't get the three points. So yeah. it's huge overall. Um, at that point, Celtic, I feel to a huge extent, are hanging on. You know, mm. some people have said, you know, fairly comfy. I don't think so. Um, and as mentioned, Ange could see the, the energy draining from his team. He's looked to make his changes. So O'Reilly, listen, he's had a great shift and we'll cover him again in a wee minute because he picked up the man of the match. But... On 80-odd minutes, maybe 85 minutes, he's down with what looks like cramp, to be expected, young guy, frantic pace, and he goes off, James McCarthy comes in, 
James McCarthy still looks off the pace. Don't want to dwell on it. He made some important interceptions, but there was stuff he could have done better. And then beyond that, 93rd minute, Sorrow comes in for Hatati. You're playing down the clock and, you know, running running down the game and, and using your head, but we were up against it at that stage. Yeah, and guys like Hatati and Forrest, I mean, Hatati was just absolutely spent and in a different game, you wouldn't have to play the whole 90. Uh, Forrest shouldn't have played the whole 90 just because he wasn't giving us anything. So... It was, I actually thought about 87, 88, and it's not that Hearts lost belief, but I just think they'd, they'd done their tank and it just got a wee bit easier at that point, which meant that the six minutes and six and a half or whatever it was from uh, beating, that it wasn't as stressful as it as it could have been. Yeah, stressful enough to be honest with yeah. you. Um, let's go back to Matt O'Reilly. So, debut for the guy, 21 years of age, um, real baptism of fire stuff. I think the stats, you know, show that he was first overall for this, second for that, third for that. Really consistent performance. He created eight chances uh, overall. He's walked away with the man of the match award and certainly the most handsomest guy on the park <laughs> award. What was your take on his evening's work? I, I mean, it, it, as I've seen earlier, it, it, it's what I was hoping for from him that he would be that kind of player. Um, but a real team player as well and just gave absolutely everything. He, he made a fair point that he's never played in a... In a crowd that big against a crowd, you know, in that that level of crowd, but also such an antagonistic and volatile crowd that the Tyne Castle is. I think they're a friendly so, bunch. Oh, it's just pathetic bunch, man. Yeah. Um, we'll just let that go. Um, but he's just he's he's handled that, and that's all new to him. And I think he got a buzz off it actually, um, and it, it he, he thrived on it. So yeah, just to point out that the second league game running. A debutant has been man of the match, and that shows us we're signing the right guys, and our manager knows what he's doing. Yeah, we covered obviously, um, you know, some of the new guys coming in, the, the likes of Rio Hatati and O'Reilly on our weekly show. You can catch that on YouTube nowadays, by the way, as well. So be sure to check that out. Search for the Celtic Exchange on YouTube. Um, but the suggestions so we had Hamish from sixty seven Hail Hail on this week. He was talking about where we would be had we not signed the Japanese guys and O'Reilly. Who would have played tonight? Would your midfield have been Beaton, Soron, McCarthy, for example? Aye. Would you have lost that creativity? Imagine we didn't have Hitati and O'Reilly tonight. We'd have been really, really short. So, you know, and, and credit to Ange for, for doing that business early and, and for signing O'Reilly and, and making sure he was up to speed. But it just shows, again, how big a result this was and how, you know, skating on thin ice we have been, but we've managed to get those points. There's a wee bit of, because of the nature of Ange coming in fairly late and having a frenetic uh, transfer window in the summer, there's he obviously got his planning in place for uh, the three Japanese guys to come in, come in early. Um, looking for a wee bit of creative midfielder. Wasn't really looking like it was going to happen and then Matt Riley signs. There's just a slight element of laying the tracks in front of you as, as the train's still moving kind of thing. And once this window closes that's just all start to settle down as the players start to gel and bond and guys come back from injury and from international breaks and stuff like that. Yeah, they've had to send a lot of guys in a short space of time and we'll review this at later stages, but by and large, they've mostly all been successful. There's one or two who haven't quite hit the ground running, but huge 75-80% of the new guys that have come in have done so, so well and some have actually become you know fans' favourites very quickly. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch on one guy um, before we finish up for tonight, but... Jack Amakis, um, he's obviously the match winner. He's he's got the goal that's ultimately sealed the three points. But he's he's offered more than that as the game's gone on. As mentioned, we're under the cosh at different times in the second half, and he's just he's drawn fouls at a John Suter. 
he's taking a touch and hitting the deck and different things. And I thought he played a really intelligent role uh, and showed a real bit of character the last 10, 15 minutes. What did you think of how he done overall? Yeah, all of that and the, the, the fitness as well that he can run those 90 minutes because there's when someone's pulling and dragging you as a centre forward and the centre half's all over you like that, it's physically exhausting. And the fact that he kept that intensity up for the full 90 minutes plus six just shows you how much work he's been putting in off the pitch. You know, like you said the other week, he's, he's lost eight kilos since he came to Celtic, you know, yeah. between his fitness and all that stuff. So um, I was really impressed with him. We've been waiting for him to turn up and I think tonight is the first time he really turned up as a Celtic level player. Yeah, he can be really pleased with his night's work and he's played a huge role in getting those three points. So we can't deny just how massive this could be tonight. Um, looking forward, we've obviously got Dundee United now on Saturday at Celtic Park. I'd said this before, but on paper, this should be more straightforward. But it will be a challenge. Up until tonight, United had lost six games in the bounce. Lo and behold, just before playing Celtic, mm-hmm. they've, they've found a win. So they won 2-1 tonight at home at Ross County. Going down as well. Yeah, what kind of challenge do you think that'll be? And, and do you think the squad are capable of, of getting the three points again? Yeah, I think I think there's a danger. And I, don't, I think it's more from the fan side than Ange or the players. But there is a danger. You can look at, well, I've got Hearts and I've got you know, Rangers next week and I've got Motherwell and Aberdeen away. I've got a game at home against the United that should take care of itself and it just won't. Um, but what I really think it is is an opportunity for us to see more of Hatati and O'Reilly and Jackie Marcus and Jota coming back in again. So I think Celtic will start that game the way they finished the first half here at Tynecastle and they'll be uh, looking to rack up a few goals. Yeah, I think the most important thing you know between now, so we're you know, obviously late on Wednesday evening here, the most important thing over the next 48 hours ahead of Saturday, it's really just rest and recovery, isn't Big it? Time. I don't think there'll be a lot of heavy training. It'll be you know, massage work and loosening off and, and working the pool and that kind of stuff because guys like Hatate, guys like O'Reilly and even Jack Amakis, it's, you know, it's kind of quite a, a bruise and shift. Mm. These guys will just be looking to, to keep themselves ticking over ahead of another big game. That's it. And you could maybe even hear that from O'Reilly. That's, that's who he was looking forward to the next couple of days. He said both his calves had seized up after, you know, I haven't played for a couple of weeks. So there's a lot of that. I think Andrew's actually referenced that as well, that he's not getting the time they would like on the training field because it's more important these guys are freshened up for the game because you're only ever getting two games between games we've got 10 games in 33 days right you know so there's, I'll take your word for that that's the truth yeah um, I think we'll line up with a very similar team against United I think my guess would be maybe a change in the forward positions maybe a badder for Forrest um, but I don't see much else changing the midfield kind of picks itself because it has to so Touchwood hopefully we've not picked up any injuries tonight but just a huge game we get through and obviously the three points are the be all and end all but it's important you know it, it cut to Callum McGregor around about 15 minutes in geez the boy's black and blue he's just sitting doing his wee joy exercise to see him <laughs> he's, he obviously he's got a shiner he's got the kind of yellow bruising coming out and it's good to see him there playing his part and he's still got a role to play whether you're on the park or Absolutely. not a skipper's role is being around the team at all times and yeah. keeping them motivated he'll have been in the you know the team hotel the dressing room on the bus and he'll have been playing his part as much as anybody tonight yeah, and I don't want to say lesser players, but you know, maybe guys who don't have the kind of same attitude as McGregor maybe think, oh, I'll, I'll stay out the way, I'll rest and recuperate kind of thing. And he's just, that's never in his, in his thought. Yeah, and I think Tannadice isn't a pace, place for sinking violets and I think he'll have given some of his players confidence. He'll have been you know, one-to-ones with different guys and I think we can't underestimate... Don't the get a wee for scribbling on and 
talking and stuff like maybe that. Maybe he did yeah. take up the coach's role. But yeah. big night for everyone, big big night for Callum McGregor, big night for Celtic, big night for Ange. So we now move on, a big three points, and next up it's Dundee United at Celtic Park on Saturday. We'll be back with you for that one. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for listening. by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.